Welcome to Off the Board Sports. We are three professional sports handicappers. In each podcast episode, we will give three to five free sport picks to our listeners. We will also dive into the hottest sports topics around the globe and offer our opinions. Let's get right into our show before our picks are taken off Good the board. And welcome to today's edition of Off the Board Sports, <laughs> your number one source for free sports picks hitting at 64%. And your number one source for the hottest opinions on the sports topics in the planet. And right now we have something to talk about. We're going to take a look at the AFC Championship. And what a bummer of a game, really, that was. Didn't really live up to the hype of it. The NFC Championship was the game to watch. That was the most exciting game of the two that day. We're going to break down this AFC Championship. And I'll tell you what. There's a, you know, some couple of plays. Of course, the fumble. The interference that was not called. But I really break this game down, Juan, is why did Baltimore get away from what they do best? They only ran the ball 16 times, threw it 37. That's not why – why did they abandon so quick just after two drives when something that worked all year long and they just abandoned I, 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 This one's on coaching. Yeah, uh, I mean, coaching. I'm going to go through it quickly. I said it already the last few days. I certainly said it throughout the game. Baltimore, the best rushing de- offense in the – NFL, they just certainly only had, what, eight carries for the whole game with their running back, Gus Edwards, Zay Valors, and then, of course, Justice Hill. But, yeah, this is a loss is on coaching. Andy Reid came out with a terrific offensive game plan to attack the Baltimore offense. You thought Baltimore would do more of that? They certainly did not. Lamar Jackson crumbles again, like I said, against big-time Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was flawless again, 30 out of 39, 241. No turnovers. He's one of the fewest in the uh, playoffs to turn the ball over. And again, Isaiah Pacheco, the no one runs harder than him in the NFL, did what he did against that Boston front, uh, excuse me, Baltimore front. But um, this game was just on coaching. I mean, you saw in the first opening drive, Baltimore, quick three and out. Um, after that, you knew if this was going to be the similar offense they were going to try to go against Kansas City. But Kansas City offense got up on them quickly, 14-0. Baltimore at that point, I think, really panicked, and they got away from the run even more. And they certainly try to do more passes with Lamar Jackson. And, you know, uh, everyone knows how to beat Lamar Jackson. You send different blitzes at him. Uh, Kansas City did it well. They compressed the pocket. They didn't need Willie Gay in there. They still spied him extremely well. Like I said, they will with Steve Spagnola, uh, what he likes to do there. But, um, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of likes to go for Baltimore in this game. Certainly not for me. Lamar Jackson, two turnovers, the strip sack. It uh, didn't really hurt him because Baltimore's defense got a big stop. But, yeah, uh, they did make their adjustments, and uh, they did stop uh, Kansas City. But, it was I mean, if you're not going to do anything, then it doesn't on the offensive side of the ball, it doesn't, doesn't really do any good. Yeah, Marco, do you like the third and one call to throw a uh, long ball? No, I don't. And Juan, uh, before, Juan get, to, get to your point before I get into mine real yeah, quick. Yeah, I just want to recap my two free picks that uh, Sunday – I had Kansas City plus four and a half. They won outright. I said they would. And, of course, I had Patrick Mahomes under 27 and a half rushing yeah. yards. So I'm six and all my last free nice. six picks. I'm going to continue it rolling today. But, Marco, let's get in your recap. Yeah, uh, we talked about coach. We talked about Todd Munkin. What a great job in his first year as the Ravens offensive coordinator. You both mentioned the running game wasn't there. But I think Kansas City's defense, like I said on, my, on this podcast, that their defense is better than Baltimore statistically. They're ahead of them. They don't have as many sacks and takeaways, but they're better in terms. And, again, it showed. You know, Lamar Jackson, I was never a big believer in this guy. I've never been on the Jackson train. 
I know he's going to be his two-time NFL MVP, but what a bad game. 20 out of 37, one TD, one INT. Of course, the fumble we mentioned, but let's jump to the second half. You know, we mentioned uh, how good the Chiefs' defense, and yet again, they were, but there were so many miscues. Zay Flowers fumble at the end zone. Jackson throwing in a triple coverage. Um, probably a P.I. call. I thought the guy bumped him early. No call there, but... Kansas City played a classic playoff road win to win. Zero turnovers. Patrick Mahomes managed the game. Very evident early on in that game. They took away that Baltimore rush. They couldn't really get any pressure on him. Pacheco, Juan mentioned he won a great game on the ground again. 24 carries, only 68 yards, but was very good in the first half. Baltimore made their adjustments. Obviously, Kelsey, we know what he can do. Another big game there, but... Uh, this game's on losses on Jackson. You know, he had opportunities in the second half. That Ravens defense shut him out in the second half. He just couldn't get it done. Uh, and like I've been telling people, Jackson ain't as good as what people think he is. Everyone would, likes to take him over Burrow. They take Josh Allen over Burrow. But uh, let's not forget, again, only two quarterbacks to beat Mahomes in the playoff Mahomes era is Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Nobody else is beating him, and nobody seems to uh, bring that point up across. So, Again, Jackson lost four out of five against Mahomes, but I want to move on to the San Francisco game as that was a lot more controversy in that one. Yeah, just one more key fact about this game. Everybody forgets about how banged up Kansas City was dealing with their injuries with their uh, all-pro guard. And then, of course, you got the DN going out in that after he made that strip sack. But you talk about Willie Gay not going for this game. It, It just doesn't seem to matter with this team. Like I said, it wouldn't. But yeah, um, this uh, you talk about Lamar Jackson. You talk about nobody's been able to be Patrick Mahomes except for Joe Burrow in the playoffs, and of course Tom Brady. But in this era, it's been Joe uh, Joe uh, Burrow uh, yeah. certainly. But um, yeah, um, it seems like nobody can take him down. Seems like he's always big game Patrick Mahomes. And again, I don't know when people are gonna just see what uh, I see in this Kansas City team. They're like the New York, uh, New England. Uh, what they did yeah. so many years. It's getting close to that. If they certainly win another one. Um, that's going to be a two-time repeat. But, yeah, let's get back into the NFC Conference title game. Well, we a lot of conference. First, she in this one, and certainly with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Third-year head coach Dan Campbell. Yeah, he had his team up 17 in this game, and he decided to be Mr. Dan Lanning of college football, a pro football going for fourth downs when he shouldn't have gone for fourth downs. Just get the points on the road. I did not agree with some of these uh, – decisions that he made and this one yes we congratulate Brock Purdy and the great comeback McCaffrey they came back he they did what they had to do but they should never have been in that position to even try to win that game unless the coaching decisions of Mr. Dan Campbell Marco oh no doubt about it you know Dan Campbell he's the one most aggressive coach maybe in NFL history he always goes for it on fourth and short and he yet again doesn't change his game plan Got to respect that a little bit about him. But, yes, this is a chance to get to the Super Bowl. He said so himself. Who knows if they'll ever get back there after this game. But they played out a great game. You know, they got the running game going with Montgomery and Gibbs. They were fantastic. I told you, Laporta in the tight end, the young tight end out of Iowa, he had a big game. And they jumped on him early. You know, no one really saw that in this game. They got up 14-0 in the first quarter. Their defense was playing solid. And then, again, 24-7 at halftime, and then San Francisco comes Back, maybe lucky, Brock Purdy, we saw the throw that Aiku made down the field. That was uh, off the deflection. Could have been an easily interception. The guy went through his hands, and Aiku caught it, and set up a big touchdown there. But uh, credit to San Francisco, but I- I'm worried. They have looked awful in the playoffs. They looked awful down the stretch. Uh, we all obviously got a big week 
next week uh, going over this game in the Super Bowl matchup, but uh, not looking good if you're a 49ers fan and how they have played. And quite frankly, got lucky in both games against the Packers and uh, this game against the Lions. So uh, I don't know what your guys' early feelings on that is, but uh, I know if you're a 49ers fan, you can't be confident going against that Chiefs defense in Mahomes. Yeah, uh, Juan, uh, I'm quoting Dan Campbell. He said he gambled and he lost. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, I told you guys on Sunday that Dan Campbell will be going for fourth downs, and I certainly was right again. I mean, this guy's one of the most aggressive play callers in the NFL. And, I mean, when you're on the road dominating the number one seed in the NFC, what is your mindset? Why would you be aggressive there? You're in control of this game. You're dominating them. You need to milk that time. You can't give San Francisco any momentum. You saw when Green Bay gave him momentum when they missed the field goal. They went down and got the touchdown for the game-winning drive. I mean, what do people not realize on the road against the number one team? It's all about momentum in the NFL. And when the momentum swings in the opponent's favor, it's just going to keep on going downhill from there. And not only did it on one fourth down, he did it again. Um, I'm not sure if he learned from the first mistake, but certainly didn't because uh, they lost the game. But my point is, San Francisco, Marco touched on it, has been the luckiest team in these playoffs. I thought Green Bay should have won that game, at least went to overtime if the kicker makes a field goal. And uh, who knows, maybe Green Bay gets the stop because it's momentum swinging swiftly back to their side. But yeah, uh, I think uh, Detroit threw this game away. They literally handed every opportunity to San Francisco in that second half. Won't happen against KC, though. That certainly will not happen against Kansas City with Steve Spagnola and their defense. But um, I'm just upset. People always want to talk about Brock Purdy, that he's a rusher. He's not a rusher. If you look at his stats rushing the ball the first two years in the league, he's a pocket passer. I mean, you might make a couple runs here and there, but this guy has, what, 16 uh, 30 carries for 100 yards this year. Last year, nine carries for 13 yards. Yeah, he's a pocket passer. But um, anyways, I'm sick and tired of people being impressed with some of those runs um, against Detroit. Give him credit. It was impressive, but um, that's not his game. But um, his game is uh, in the pocket, making the play extend. <clears throat> but um, I, I'm just so frustrated about how people thought this game was more on the comeback. If you look at every opportunity the Lions, like I said, gave him The, the drop ball. balls as well. Yeah, absolutely. They just crumbled. I mean, as, as a, they were dominating them at, in that first half, but um, certainly... San Francisco survives, but I don't. I don't think they're going to have a great, great success rate against Kansas City. I just don't see how they could. I think uh, that defense gets after Brock Purdy. They keep him in the pocket. Don't let him get out to make those runs he did against Green Bay and Detroit. But um, yeah, we'll see when it comes out. Uh, just around a week away. But um, <clears throat> I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah. On it. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, ten, eleven days away from that game, but yeah. definitely get more in depth in it. Yeah. We'll see uh, any injuries, any players coming back prior to that. Let's get into our free plays of the day, college basketball. In case you didn't know this last night, there was a couple of letdown games. Looking past their opponent, South Carolina went to Tennessee and beat them. Tennessee probably looking forward to that Saturday against uh, Kentucky. Same thing happened in North Carolina. Looking Saturday for Duke, and Georgia Tech came and bit them right there in the behind. I'm looking at the Alabama-Georgia game. Uh, disappointing year again for Alabama. We're not really sold on this coach. He gets his team out. Finally cracking the top 25, but Georgia has actually been the surprise story along with South Carolina in the SEC. One of the toughest, if not maybe right now, the funnest, toughest environment to play on the road. I'm getting six points here. I like Georgia plus six in this matchup. Juan, who do you got? Yeah, I just talked about a couple of my last 6-0 and picks and as my free picks. Been red hot on that. I'm going to go another one here today, college basketball. I wanted to touch a little bit on South Carolina, but yes. um, 
I'll get in that over the weekend. But um, anyways, I'm going to get back into this game. Baylor, Central Florida, Big 12 matchup. Baylor has certainly been stumbling over the last few weeks. Certainly the Big 12 is just a brute of a conference. One of the toughest three straight losses for them. You know, Central Florida pulled off that upset against Kansas at home. Now they get another top 15, uh, 20 team with Baylor. I think Baylor has enough on the road to win this game. I'm going to go minus two and a half with the Bears. Okay, yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. That was actually one of my picks today, but I'm going to go ahead and switch on the fly here. I'm going to go Northwestern plus 13 and a half on the road here. Uh, I like this team a lot. They got two really good guards in Aaron Bowie and Barry. They've already beaten Purdue uh, this year at home. Uh, but I like this team. Langberg, the transfer from Princeton, adds some depth, some three-point ability there. And, yes, they're an undersized against the Purdue team, but everywhere else they can match up and guard the guards. I like this matchup. I think the point spread's a little bit too much. Purdue's looking for revenge in this game. They've been really good after stumbling a couple of games in the Big Ten. They're still chasing the conference. you got Wisconsin right there, 8-1, who's been fantastic. Nobody really saw them coming, uh, having such a great year this year. But I like Northwestern. Give me them. I like the guards here. I think they match up well with Purdue. you got to limit Eddie, obviously, in the post. Limit his touches. Send different looks. Two, three guys. Try to double-team him. And we all know Purdue. They can either be really hot from three or they can be really bad. So... I like Northwestern here. I'm going to go ahead and take the points out here on the road, plus 13 and a half. Yeah, Marco, and you know, we're only near a month away from the college uh, basketball getting towards March Madness. Now we're going to be getting into who's for real. We're right now through the mid, almost half, more, third, third, fourth of the season. Um, Who are you really keeping your eye on in the top 25? I mean, you know, there's changes every week. But, I mean, who's really playing good basketball in your mind? Yeah, obviously, you know, you had Iowa State, a team that is – was 75 to 1 to win uh, to make it to the final four they're looking really good right now ranked at 12 uh, you look at another team in the big 12 Texas Tech 16 and 3 they've had some impressive wins on the road they've been one of those big surprises um, in the big 12 but Texas Tech yes they certainly have obviously you got the top 10 Houston looking good you know but if there's someone that's really catching my eye, it's got to be the Cyclones in Iowa State. Just the way they play offensively and defensively, one through five, they're two guards, Gilbert, Lipsy, and you got contributions off the bench. You got the young uh, freshman there, Maya Kolovich, that you can uh, stretch you out. So uh, they look like a team that can really uh, make a run in my mind. I've been following them really closely. Yeah, that's a good point there. How about your one? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with South Carolina. I was, I was going to touch on them, how they played with the new coach, with the couple good transfers they got. This team is playing really good in a really good conference. And the SEC, 18-3, and they're tied for second right now with Auburn, 6-2. and um, Nobody thought they would even be in the top half in this uh, SEC with uh, Kentucky. Arkansas certainly has been a big disappointment. You know, you've had a lot of teams that's just not lived up to their potential. But uh, uh, the word around the college basketball globe right now this is going to be one of the most exciting uh not only when they get in the conference see who gets uh still some bids but uh when it gets to the march madness because the competition is just ramping up with the mid-majors teams as well there's so many good ones this year um that we can just talk about for a good one two one to two hours but um yeah, you mean you got Dayton there in the top twenty? New Mexico is just playing a really yeah. Well, good in basketball. the Mountain West right now, who, who do you? Still. Yeah, Juan, who do you think is the best team in the Mountain West? That's another underrated conference right now. You got Utah yeah. State, UNM, Colorado State, Nevada has fallen off a little bit there, but uh, you also got San Diego State who has fallen off, but still sixteen and five, still very good teams. But uh, do you think UNM or Utah State? Because those look like the two best teams to me. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, New Mexico, they started off slow in the early year, but now they've really hit their stride. They're just crushing teams week in, week out. Utah State, they're very good themselves. I think it's going to come down to one of them. Uh, you know, I have New Mexico for the Mountain West. I know you guys are high on San Diego State. I think they uh, took a step back this year. I think it's going to be one of those two teams out, out of the Mountain West. But, you know, the knock on the Mountain West, when they get to the tournament, they can't win. They're one of the worst teams record-wise in the NCAA tournament, except for San Diego State. Made that miracle run a year ago. Can New Mexico possibly make a deep run? They are deep. They go about 8-9 deep. Utah State's similar in their style. But, um, yeah, yeah, time will tell, and let's see if they rise to the occasion. I mean, that's all you have to wait for. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. All right, final <coughs> final <coughs> segment today, Future Wednesday. <coughs> AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's just now a signature event. It's got rid of the Phoenix Open. So right now, all the top players, some of the most of the top world-ranked players are in this tournament. It's Mr. Scheffler, Rory, Hovland are definitely making their way up here in Monterey. Uh, right now, I'm looking at these features. I'm going to go with Xander again. I like the way he's played. He had another good tournament last week. The Mighty Mouse, as I call him, hits the balls a mile long for his size. One of the pound-for-pound longest hitters in the tour. <clears throat> and then I'm going to go with Patrick Hanley, UCLA product. Yes, I'm not a fan of his pace of play, but this guy's a very solid player. Plays good in the course. And I'm going to go with the rookie who played really good last year. Not a rookie, but uh, on the PJ Tour. The Ryder Cup young sensation, Nicholas Hogard, had a good tournament last week at La Jolla. Hey, he's no stranger to these conditions. It's going to be a rainy, soggy weekend up north in the Monterey Peninsula. I like him at 55 to 1 to cause some damage. So there you go, Xander Patrick at 22 to 1, Xander 15 to 1, and Nicholas Hogart at 55 to 1. I do love these three picks. Marco, who do you see uh, uh, coming up uh, lifting the trophy this uh, Sunday? Yeah, I got Jordan Spieth here at 16-1. to 1. He loves playing in these tiles courses. He's very good. He's been here at uh, Pebble Beach before. Hasn't played here in a long time, but he has won here before. And like I said, he loves the Lynx courses. He loves uh, this style of course, and uh, he's got to be one of the favorites to win it. So I like him at 16-1. to 1. I'm also going a long shot here, 75-1, Denny McCarthy. He's played here the last couple of years, two top ten finishes. Uh, one of the best uh, putters on tour, uh, but uh, driving ability, he's got to be finding fairways. He's got to be in the greens. got to stay out of trouble. And I think if he can do that at the odds at 75-1, considering how he's played over here the last two years, I like the odds I'm getting with him, so I'm going to take that. And then I'm going to also go uh, Hovland here, who was the hottest player on tour. Uh, I think he's ready to take over this uh, spotlight in place of John Rahm and compete for the best player on tour with Scotty and Rory now. And he's got the capability of to do that. How hot he was down the stretch last year, winning the FedEx Cup, and now uh, having gonna get a great start to this season as well. So I like him at twelve to one. Juan, Juan who you got for your three future picks? Yeah, I'm gonna go my long shot first, ninety to one with Brandon Todd. Finished Ooh. tied for second here a year ago. I think the conditions. He'll play again. Another uh, stellar week uh, here in these conditions with the rain coming in uh, uh, this weekend. But then, of course, I'm going to go with my uh, another one, Max Homa. I went with him a week ago. The defending champion at the Farmers Insurance didn't play up to the what he did a year ago with his comeback. I think he plays well. He's in that neck of the woods. Went to Cal University. He knows those courses extremely well. So I'm going to go with him 16-1. And I'm also going to go Colin Morikawa. I was going back and forth with him or Victor Hovland. Morikawa started off hot a week ago. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of Morikawa, but I think 
this course. He loves the link courses as well as uh, Mark mentioned about Jordan Spieth. But I'm going to go him plus uh, 20 to 1. There you go. You got your future picks for this week's A&T&T Pebble Beach Forum. Thank you for all the listeners out there listening to our show today. Again, three free picks as well. Inquire about our paid services at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. Let's get those picks in before they do go. Thank you for listening to Off the Board Sports. For any inquiries regarding our paid services, please email us at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at OtheBoardSports and Instagram at OffTheBoardSports. Thank you and best of luck.